Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 217. Holy shit. It's time to hit the dance floor with the devil and with Hollow Kira in In the Pale Moonlight and His Way. Joining me today are... Ames. Caitlin. Jake. And Liz. Oh, good. Liz is here. That's the definite one. We definitely know Liz is here. And I think I forgot to introduce myself, but this is Chris. I don't know that you did. I I might not have. Didn't you start by saying your name? I don't know. I will find out. That was my cue to say my name. (laughs) No, because I think I just said that joining me today are. Oh, yeah. Maybe you did do that. Oops. Whatever. That's possible. So Chris isn't here is what we're saying. It's an Easter miracle of some kind. Nope. Who knows who's introducing? Oh, yeah. He has risen. Uh, I, I mean, I hope oh, not, because no. that would be awkward. I, also I mean, for the podcast, you know. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess if that's less awkward now, then go ahead, Chris. You may now f- move about the cabin with a boner. Uh, please, please don't. Stay in please your don't. cabin. Yeah. First up in In the Pale Moonlight, Ben Sisko is recording a personal log, trying to get his thoughts together on some recent events that it sounds like didn't go great. And what were these events? Well, the war is going really, really badly. Shocking. And someone decided it would be a great idea to keep posting casualty lists really publicly to help morale. Didn't he make that decision theoretically? I think so. What the fuck? Yeah, just stop know. posting them, know. dude. Yeah, shit. Send like, an email. Just, why do just, you yeah. post a list of all the people who survived? There we go. That's way more positive. So anyway, they're talking about this and he's like, you know, I guess the Romulans are kind of turning a blind eye to the... Dominion kind of violating their borders to fuck with the Federation because they've got a non-aggression pact on. And so Cisco unilaterally decides, I'm getting the Romulans on our side. And in his best idea ever, and I don't mean this sarcastically, he goes to Garrick. (laughs) And Garrick immediately decides, I'm going to murder a Romulan senator, but I'm not going to tell Cisco that. Garrick is fabulous. It'll be like a great surprise. Yeah. He sets up this whole elaborate thing where it's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We need this guy who's going to forge us a meeting of Dominion people saying, here's how we're going to invade Romulus. Grayson Tolar. Yep. Uh, He's a horrible fish man. We're going to need this other guy who we never see or hear from and who I have. I have so many theories on this guy. Yeah. Uh, He's going to need... All sorts of illegal weapon gel to provide us with some kind of special writable only, you know, Cardassian CDR. And, you know, it's we're it's going to be great. It's going to be forgery head of the senator. The senator will be all like, oh, yeah, OK. So the senator gets there and he's given the tube and he's all like, it's a fake. And he becomes memes. He yeah. does. Still, still a better delivery than the actual delivery. But of course, this was <laughs> Garrick's plan the whole time. That he Garrick. knew it would hold up to scrutiny. So what he I did was. I have more was, theories on that. 
So what he did was sneak around the guy's Romulan runabout, which sort of looks like a baby warbird. Aww. And exactly. And he For just... Easter. So yeah, sabotaged the fuck out of it so that when he's on his way back to Romulus, he luckily didn't phone ahead to be like, guys, you'll never believe what the Federation pulled or tried to pull. His ship explodes... It looks like he was on his way back from Dominion Space with this intelligence. Any sort of flaws in the data disk are going to be written off as issues caused by the Kerplosion. And uh, yeah, the Romulans are like, all right, I guess we'll join the Federation and the Klingons to fight this war. And there's going to be a party and Avery Brooks gives this great closing monologue and it's it's just, yeah. Oh, and Garrick killed the horrible fish man, but apparently not the gel guy, which is More kind of worrying <laughs> because he has all that gel. Uh, and yeah, so that's the episode. Gel. Okay. What's the off? <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about his way. <laughs> no, no, we have to talk about this because it was amazing. Because uh, wait, why don't you want to talk about this? No, Chris just wrapped it up in, in a way that sounded final. Oh. No, sorry. It's supposed to be putting a button on the like. All right, the the summary is done. Let's. Let's talk about this magnificence. All right. The thing that I, I watched this twice this uh, in, in the past couple of days, because I usually do my research first and then watch the episodes and then we record mm-hmm. to give me time to if there's like a stupid movie, like a fucking Western or some bullshit I have to watch, which I often do. I can <clears> get that done ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I watched this one twice to make sure I did it before I read any of my research because I don't I didn't remember this episode. I don't think I've seen this episode. The only thing that looked vaguely familiar was Dax looking at the wall and saying, oh, no, my friend died. Sad. Was the only thing that looked familiar to me. But the issue is, like, because this episode has become memes and is ubiquitous and is so highly esteemed, it's it's like I'm already spoiled on all of it. So it's very, very difficult to be subjective. Yeah. Or objective or really any of the actives. No (laughs) actives. So... Yeah, the thing that I realized on my second watch, though, that kind of gets a little bit brushed off, because I was ready to get to come in, give Cisco all the where does who does Cisco think he is, making all the decisions unilaterally and blah blah blah. But there's a line thrown away somewhere that says like, "Oh, with Starfleet Command having signed off on yeah. this, I should have been okay with it." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, right." I meant to mention that, but you, yes. Yeah, because it's so I I missed it. I had Jake go and rewind it when on our second <laughs> watch to be like. Wait, Starfleet was okay with this. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah well, Very did, interesting. He did kick things off like on his own, you know. He had to he had to go to Starfleet saying, Hey, you know that shifty ass Cardassian who lives on my station? Yeah. He has so to I'm working Garrick. with him on this plan. And Starfleet still went, You mean that guy that we're pretty sure was Obsidian Order and we don't know what his allegiance is? Did he tell Great. them about Garrick specifically, or did he just tell them, I have a Romulan plan? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm wondering. I'm, bet- I'm betting it was more along the lines of, hey, I have this opportunity to hatch this little plan. You know, we're going to trick the Romulans into believing that the Dominion's going to attack them. And mm. someone at Starfleet was like, all right, yeah, yeah, see see how that goes. Wait, wait hang on a second. When, at the point, in the, at the point in the episode that Cisco mentions that Starfleet signs off on mm-hmm. it, was that before or after Beta Zed was invaded? After. It's after. I th- I mean, it's possible that he was, you know, like Starfleet may or may not have been in the know earlier on in the plot. And then by the time things escalated, he might have been like, and he was escalating his efforts. That might have been when he was like, so Starfleet, here's what I've been up to. And whatever their reservations on Garrick, whatever their reservations on 
you know, all the other shit, they were like, okay, you know what? At this point, we feel desperate enough. And honestly, we've, you know, we've seen the Admiralty do all sorts of shady ass things in every previous series so far. It's just usually a moral captain that is just like, no, this is not Starfleet. (laughs) And then they stop it. But in this case, this goes like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know. And here's the thing with it, with with the turn that we learned that Beta Z has been invaded, probably conquered, and they they can only empath really hard about it. <laughs> oh, FYI, originally was they were thinking of having it be Vulcan, and they were like, oh, that's too much. That's that's too much. No, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, but Vulcan's with it being Beta Z, <laughs> is that's when it shifts from let's see if there's actually any evidence that the the Dominion is going to invade Romulus for real, and get all of Garrick's friends killed, versus let's plant evidence that is fucking lies. Yeah, and that was Garrick's idea, though, right? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant. He's hilarious he and brilliant. Yeah. Oh, God, he's living for this. He's just like, finally, a challenge. Alternately, alternately, it also could have been Cisco presented this plan early on, and the admirals were kind of like, I don't know. And then Sloan poked his head in the room and went, <laughs> this sounds great. And they went, sure thing, guy, we pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> All of this was just Garrick's scheme to get Graython killed. <laughs> like, I don't like Graython. Like what prick. can I do to get just, Graython just... killed? Ah. That guy owes me money. Hmm. Stabbed Quark. Yeah. I oh, mean, God, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I mean, that was something that, like, uh, that that was uh, like a total, it was, you know, just there as a convention, but the idea of Odo not jailing a guy because he says he's the captain's friend. I'm like, no, I feel like Odo would still just be like, all right, we're going to the brig and then you can talk to the captain there. <laughs> as opposed to you just stabbed a guy who was a prominent you know figure on uh on the on the station and also my friend of me i'm just gonna Aww. let you sit in a booth until until cisco shows up because you said you're friends even though you're a shady ass motherfucker okay i love it's totally cisco minor at- for the plot but like it just bothered the hell out of me <laughs> cisco mm. asked asked permission to talk to quark from odo and i'm like just don't talk to quark <laughs> Well, at this point, there is an investigation on, and Oda's in charge of it, so... Yeah, but he was commander. about to give him a bribe. So. Yeah, chivalrous yeah. Quark is my favorite Quark, and he was in a great shirt, and he was being so fucking cute, and he was being really nice to Impella, which was cool. Which is, uh, yeah, that's unusual. Yeah, but, yeah. So get get Impella a new dress, because she earned it for the day. Yep. Oh, boy. Also, I do, I do think that Quark's price... Was, is reasonable. Was reasonable, which yeah. surprised me. I was expecting it to be like he would want more. I mean, I guess the illegal imports was was like the That's one. That's a pretty big one. Big one. Depends on what it is. Mm. It's just it's just beats for mourn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was never really any comeuppance for that one episode where everyone hated his guts, so True. Maybe There's no that's, comeuppance for a lot of things. Maybe that's what caused him to uh keep his price sort of in check. Mm. Is there comeuppance for Cisco for all the war crimes? Yeah, I actually. Well, so he going might back have trouble the, sleeping at night. Going back to the Starfleet, yeah, 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 approving the plan thing. Yeah, I, I cannot see that because, as we find out, the cost for failure is extremely high. So yeah, the Romulans could have exposed them for all they, of this. They could have exposed them, or like you know, like they said, you know, the Romulans could just. Decide, okay, fuck it. We're going to join the war on the Dominion side, and then it would be a real, a real problem. digger. Well, no, the Romulans would probably, like, make everything so convoluted and confusing <laughs> that they'd lose the war just through, like, ridiculous Romulan plotting. That's true. true. 
It's the long game. 900 years from now, they're going to lose this war. I mean, you can write it off as one of two things. Either they're fucking desperate. Mm-hmm. Or, as they have proven time and again in the series, Starfleet makes the worst tactical decisions. They do. That's true. Like, they have no sense of appropriate risk versus reward. You know, like we saw a few seasons ago, we could protect the wormhole and DS9, or we could blow up a single shipyard. That one. That's the one we should do. Yeah. And yeah. Like, says, like, they're building ships better than ever. Yeah, and they can grow Jem Hadar like a thousand a day. It's like either most of their real tacticians were killed in the Cardassian border wars, or they all went evil like Captain Maxwell. So all they have left in Starfleet right now are fucking idiots. Oh, and uh, and the uh, the genetically engineered uh, folk from that other episode. Oh, Julian's yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah, Julian's buddies. Yeah, <laughs> Julian's angels. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like I feel like it's a it's a combination of those things. I feel like we're made to we're we're made to believe, or we're supposed to believe, or at least understand that there is a, a, a new height of desperation. I feel like if they did make it Vulcan that was invaded, that would have you know I get it that that'd be too much, and there'd probably be a lot of you know pushback from people thinking like no Vulcan wouldn't get invaded they wouldn't let that happen which would which would be fair in my in my opinion but if Vulcan got invaded that would be a pretty fucking desperate situation that they'll sign I mean, off they, on any high risk you know attempt to get to just get mm. any advantage that they can get and they did make a point that now that the Dominion is on Beta Z they have a clear path to some random place we've never heard of mm. Vulcan and Alpha Centauri, which of course is the star closest to well, Earth. They said, yeah, they could well, have just they said, said, they said Earth. They said, they said Andor and Oh, Andor, okay, and Teller and te- oh, whatever no, the Tellerite planet was. They said Teller something. So, oh, so basically, yeah, where basically the are from the the five founding nations. Telleroid uh, are apparently all really close together. That makes like sense. Then. It might not be about how close they are. It might just be about the the directness or the the accessibility of a path. Yeah, that's true. But when um, you have warp drive capability, how is there a need for a path? That's what I well, don't get. I mean, if you're traveling at, like using warp technology, it's 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 not like it's not like wormhole technology in in other sci-fi properties. Like I I've, I my impression is that you're still you still have to plot a course and you're still going through other systems in space. You just have to navigate around them. You know, you're going at, yeah, a, at a faster speed. Yeah, it's a but bad like, idea to go. If there's a black hole in the way, you got to navigate around it. Yeah, yeah, but if you blow by Vulcan at warp nine, they're not even going to know you were there until it's probably too late to catch up to you, right? I don't know, though, because I think, you know, because they mentioned in Star Trek Generations that when that when they exploded the Amargosa star, they had to make like course corrections on ships. Yeah, I, I do think like at warp, you are very susceptible to gravitational fields maybe like yeah. even a small change in the field could cause you to go way off course and also um, they've established where it's like you can technically go through a system at warp but it's an incredibly bad idea yeah and mm. that could be also because of like gravitational shit so yeah I, like maybe they can't just blow past vulcan because you have to slow down when you're going mm. close to planets or close to stars but like close being close i mean we're talking about space travel like 
How close is close? I don't know. Well, I'm being really, really like pedantic. I woke up in a pedantic mood today. So. <laughs> yeah, when you when you think about like how massive, like Pluto is so fucking far away, but it is still within the gravity well of our sun. Oh yeah, anything out in the Oort cloud, which is yeah. fucking mm-hmm. far away, and that goes in three dimensions. So I mean, if they need to avoid the magnetic field entirely, that's a big detour. No, oh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. But either but still, way, stars are also very far apart. That's yes. true. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes. So but again, whatever. gravitational fields. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Whatever. I mean, I guess but this could also be like a supply line thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you don't want to have your front to be too far behind enemy lines because then they could, you know, attack your ships as you're trying to bring more to the front. Yeah. You could be I, cut off. I do like the idea, though, that they're all kind of close together and, like, had Cochrane just done his experiment either a week before or a week later, instead of first contact with the Vulcans, it would have been the Tellarites. And that just <laughs> would have been a very different experience for everyone. Would never have joined the Federation. <laughs> oh, God, where are your eyes? <laughs> In my butt. Oh. Uh, Speaking of my butt, I'm going to pull some random theories out of my ass. Woo, okay, nice. I'm ready for it. One of, one of whom I heard, because I, I went and rewatched that um, Trek Actually video that talks about Cisco being a war criminal, because I didn't watch the whole thing when we were talking about the Let's Poison Eddington's Planet episode. Jesus Christ, Cisco. Um, but there are some good theories floating around about biomimetic gel guy. Yeah. And who that is and what happened to him. And the, one of the theories floating around that I saw that I was like, ooh, that's fun, is that it's just Garrick. There's no guy. Garrick wanted biomimetic gel for Garrick, Garrick's own personal reasons. Well, he does say he's super fucking uncomfortable all the time. Maybe he just wants to get high. Because isn't that ooh. the problem with biomimetic gel? Isn't it like literally just like... A super drug? It can be, but it can no? also be used to make bio weapons. Yeah, oh, that was I the idea. That, I thought that at one point they were saying that you couldn't get it because it was like a like a strong hallucinogenic or like a, well, a it's narcotic a controlled or substance. Like you could probably use it to make. I think it's biomimetic gel, which probably has a lot of applications. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the assumption is he may have used that to blow up Vrenax shuttle. It's in the name. Oh. Biomimetic, clearly. He made a bomb oh, yeah. out of Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, so it was him the whole time because we know that he was scooting around Shuttle Bay. Yeah. And, Wait, and hanging out with the new Romulan bot. It's not explosives though. Like like Bashir, his objection is that it's could be used to make a biogenic weapon. Mm. So like Ooh. Theory. Yeah. Love these. Y'all seen that episode of Futurama with uh everyone gets three hundred tricky dick fun bills? Yes. And uh, and Fry uses it to drink a hundred coffees. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the professor uses it to to rub stem cells, cells. all over his face and get young. Yep. <laughs> he Garrick used the biomimetic gel to do like weird shit with his face so he'd be a Romulan. Ah. Hmm. He was Vrenak the whole time. He's like, what ho, good fellows? Just another Romulan. Do do do. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of my my other much more insane theory that I noticed because. So, so Graython makes the, the data rod, makes the whole thing, says, who do I give this to? And Garrick, in a very sly and Garricky way, says, just put it in this box. Mm. And he puts it in the box and he closes the box. And then later on we learn, oh no, Vrenak's shuttle exploded, RIP Vrenak. 
Um, but Garrick says, don't worry, when they find the box that had the, the data rod in it, you know, they'll still be able to like check it out. And I'm like, how did they know, how does Garrick know that thing hasn't also been utterly, utterly destroyed and is even capable of being found? And my crazy theory is that Garrick pocketed it, just gave Vreenak a really super fake one, like a copy that's like super just as, as fake as the Romulan ale Vreenak was drinking, <laughs> and then put the real one in the shuttle. Oh. It's very half-baked, this theory, but I, I was having fun with it because I was like, why is Garrick being this sly? Might just, I just be because I'm just he's that it. the box itself is made out of some material yeah, that, it's like a black that box. would survive the explosion. So as long as Vreenak left it in the box... How do we know he left it in the box? That's true. Because Garrick put it there when he exploded that shuttle. This yeah. is uh, possibly the greatest Garrick episode ever. Oh, God. It's such, He's it's... always great, though. But, but this, but is this him, was like, Garrick at his most Garrick. Yeah, like, this is him unfettered. It's amazing. Like, he just... Again, like a... He just oiled through every scene he was in. He just he yeah. just glided through in the greasiest way possible in just the most gloriously <laughs> Garrick way. Everything that came out of his mouth was just so calculated and so it came it just flowed so easily from him because he was in his element. At least Cisco, like do it. you mind killing all of my old friends? <laughs> okay. I was actually like super, super worried because I know like ages ago we mentioned Mila, who was like I think Tane's housekeeper, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh no, is this where where Mila's gonna bite it?" Because I think we're we're gonna hear from her one one day. Oh, and I thought maybe this is it, and I was like, "Oh no, Mila seems to be okay because she wasn't brought up." So mm. good, yeah. I like her. No, we, we see more. You know, this is really this is even like deeper than we think. Back when he was posing as a gardener on Romulus. Vreenak like gave him the cold shoulder one day, <laughs> and he vowed that one day. <laughs> he would murder the fuck out of Renak. And like this just fell into place. And he's like two birds with one stone. <laughs> I also think it's, you know, we're assuming that Garrick actually contacted people on Cardassia at all. Oh, funny. Like he uh, might have, he might have we just never check. That, you know, he just told he was just like, "All right, I'll I'll wait a couple days and then I'll tell Cisco that they all got killed and then he'll let me do the plan I really want to do." Well, he didn't include their their casualties in his casualty list at the end of the episode. That's so true. perhaps. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He just says it's like a senator, a criminal, and the yeah. self-respect of one captain. Yeah. He's not and like, and also a half mm. dozen or so operatives that were sent to their operatives. deaths. Yeah. Though yeah, I suppose he doesn't you could, mention biomedic gel guy, so it's obviously could, him. Uh, that's true, yeah. I was going to say, in terms of the operatives, you could argue that it's it's you know in a you know in the mentality of the obsidian order they wouldn't count as casualties because they're non-people effectively because they're meant to, i don't know i mean like that's just me headcanoning wow liz that's yeah. cold well but i mean uh, it's a very fatalistic profession espionage yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm not sure how like I mean, that's the thing though it's one thing when you've got a target it's another when you've got a joe it's like your operatives are precious to you but they're precious to him, not yeah, Cisco. Not, yeah, but and also that, you know, I'm sure the Obsidian Order has been made illegal on Cardassia. Yeah, time. they've referred to it in the past tense a couple times. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure anybody that was involved in the Obsidian Order has probably already been rounded up. Anybody that survived 
you know, that wasn't on the faded attack. Yeah. Mm. Bringing it back to biomimetic gel guy. Mm-hmm. These two episode ep- episodes. God episodes. damn it! <laughs> Epis- it's they're from episode. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> Tell her on. Uh, these two episodes. Kind of very slyly. <laughs> Good Sorry. job, Liz. Thanks. Sorry, Ames. Sorry. Ames. <laughs> no, yeah. These episodes both both slyly like brought bones to my mind because in his way they say something about the real McCoy and I was like ah yeah, bones yeah. get it great yeah. and in this episode Bashir like storms in to Cisco's office like basically doing his best bones McCoy being like I am absolutely opposed to what you're doing right now and I want it on the record I'm gonna file a, a complaint I'm gonna write about this up, up until my dying day and I'm like that's what McCoy would do mm-hmm. mm. actually, I wonder is that actually how Starfleet found out he reported it and Starfleet was like Cisco. <laughs> Uh, Bashir's uh, a little upset about this plan of yours, but it sounds good. Could you tell us a little more about that? <laughs> and then they like court martial Bashir for being like a little bitch. And, uh, they, like, your your <laughs> mutant doctor was whining again. And they make and they make Bashir emperor for life. I mean, not Bashir, uh, Cisco, <clears throat> admiral, admiral for life. Excuse me. So Julian is just. I think he was just pissed off because when he was doing his calculations with. Jack and company, they didn't, uh, they didn't come up with uh, this this plan themselves. They they never saw mm. this one coming. Oh, clearly, because it's, it's a, a plan that only a madman could devise. I don't know. Jack was out of his mind. That's true. <laughs> Being fair, true, but in a in a different way. There's a special madness to Garrick. Is that what Gal Dukat had? Was that a special madness? Different different types of. Go. Brilliant madness, and they're like all I, fun. Like I said, he's gone full comic book supervillain at this point. Garrick? No, Ducat. Oh, I was gonna say, I was like, Garrick is like the most un- if Garrick. If Garrick is a supervillain, he's like Lex Luthor in any of the like more recent films, where it's just like, no, I'm just an evil businessman. What's the problem? Yeah, I'm the president for fuck's sake. Well, how could that be bad? Sorry, it's close to Batman names. I, I yield my time. Uh, no. <laughs> It's allowed. Um, oh, bless. Thank you. It's because it's Easter. It's a fucking Easter miracle. Thank you. <laughs> also, I didn't hear what you said because I was trying to find my notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, to me, that sort of translates to I don't listen when you talk, and that's fine. <laughs> that's also fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, Batman something, I can tune out. <laughs> I, it, someone was, was saying earlier, um, Ames, you were saying about Julian doing his, his best uh, McCoy. I did notice that when Cisco was talking at one point about, you know, stuff his father had said, he didn't do like a full-on um, mm, yeah, but impression he kinda, of... It's like when Jake does his yeah. father's accent ever so yeah. often. Like he changed his cadence a little. Like he, I can't think of the actor's name, but he didn't go full-on... Brock Peters. Uh, Brock, Brock Peters, Peters okay. but he definitely changed his voice a little, and I thought that was funny. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that. That was cute. Because we, we all have a voice we do for our parents, you know? Yes, that's true. Um, I wonder what Jake Sisko's Ben Sisko voice is. <laughs> I feel like it probably sort of sounds like an overdone Shatner impression. Oh, no. But, but then just deeper, because yeah, they, like that's what Avery Brooks always gets, is like that he's very like Shatner-esque. Yeah, I definitely imagine he he goes like way too fake deep with it. But the thing is, Avery Brooks also goes very high pitched sometimes. 
Like he, he, has, he has an amazing yeah. vocal register in True. speaking. But with True, like sotto voce, like he he never he he doesn't like exclaim or project in the same way. His yeah. like his punctuation is still soft, but with more breaths to punctuate. <laughs> it's it's I like staccato. That. Wait, who was that? Was yeah. that Kirk or Avery Brooks? Brooks. Avery Brooks. No, Kirk just sort of he. He pauses, just pauses. More. He doesn't breathe. He doesn't breathe. Sometimes though, Cisco testifies. You know what I mean? That's true. He he gets like, into well, like a I will not have this. <laughs> like I don't know. There's something to that too. True. He gets like, like going. He's, he he's like he's a uh, he percolates. You know he's like yeah, he just he definitely percolates. It, it bubbles and boils at a low simmer until suddenly the kettle goes screaming. <laughs> Oh, I love Avery Brooks. People who don't like Avery yes. Brooks make me so so sad because oh, I just think like so a much lot of people that joy don't like him. Avery Brooks. I keep every I, you've people have said that on this podcast before. I'm like, who doesn't like Avery? I have Brooks? no idea. I mean, I can think of one people. person I know personally, and when wow. she said it, I was like really sad because Aww. I hold her in high esteem, both as a friend and an actress. Uh, well, she's yeah, wrong. she's wrong. Yeah. Well, but no, and he's magical in this. So. Yeah, I was like, this oh episode is perfect for his style. True. Mm-hmm. Like the oh. whole idea of doing the doing it frame story wise, which like Ronald D. Moore like thought up in a drunken stupor after having a bunch of rum trying to figure out how the fuck to do this episode. Oh my god, He's I like, wish Wait I was like that on rum. What if it's a frame story and everyone's like, yeah, yeah do it. Like, like what if Cisco's rip shit? <laughs> what, sorry, what, Jake? He's got like that, that like there's like a noir quality to mm. to how yeah. he's doing it. Like, you know, the, the, the having the drink and pacing around is yeah his he quarters. sheds clothing as he goes yep yeah the He's way he really the like end. lets the tension and the conflict the internal like turmoil just simmer through the whole thing yeah I, mm, it's so good to watch yeah, yeah i know the the director specifically like did those did all of the frame story shots you know in succession to make sure that it looked like a story that he had been telling this whole time that's good. That and they sense. plotted the whole thing out and it was like, oh yeah, and here's where you're going to take off your shirt and here's where you're going to look at the camera and here's where you're going to take a drink. And it's, and uh, Avery Brooks is like, yeah, do it. Love it. This actually proved me wrong on something I was saying the other day. Uh, we were watching an episode of a TV show and there was kind of this framing device where a bunch of different people were talking to a therapist about an event that had happened to all of them on their job. Mm. And the way it was done, they were all looking directly into the camera whenever they were talking, and it just didn't work. Oh, was it Rules of Engagement, that horrible wharf episode? No, no, oh, it, wasn't, it, was it wasn't like... Star Trek at all. But it, I, I was watching, I was like, oh, this doesn't work. And I was like, then again, looking in directly into the camera pretty much never works. This is definitely an exception. Oh, he's looking at the computer. He's True. not looking at the camera. He's True. looking at the computer he's he's delivering a log to. Yeah. True. But yeah, it's it, it, it somehow... It somehow works here, maybe for that reason, maybe. Wait, is this a video log then? No, but if you were making a log, wouldn't you like occasionally like look at the computer, like check, are you recording? Yeah, you're recording. Okay, good. I think I it's guess, also, but I, but... Oh, it's, a, it's a human tendency, I would think, you know, like it, it's, it's not necessarily he's doing it for any functional necessity so much as that's something he's focusing his words and his thoughts at. I guess so, but I, I feel like we've never seen that you know, people that are recording logs do that. We don't see people record logs a lot to begin with. Usually the logs are off screen anyway. Once. Yeah. Once, actually. I was going to say, we never see them played back pretty much, except for, like, Kirk's trial. 
But there is one time, it's in the, I think the, um, oh god, Jake, your favorite aliens with the gateway. The Iconians? Yeah. Contagion? The first Iconian, Contagion. Picard is watching back the other captain's logs, and they were video logs. Oh, oh okay. Go. So maybe it is a video log. I forgot about that. But yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, normally we don't see the logs played back. We only hear them. But that is a case where we see. But yeah, it, it, it does beg the question. Is it normal for it to be video and audio? Is it only didn't, just audio? Didn't Jordy watch that, watch that woman's logs, oh, yeah. too? That was, that was visual, right? Because those logs or letters. Well, home? I don't know. I'm I think at, they might have been messages asking. home. I think they might have been uh, messages okay, home. Okay, okay. Hmm. But I mean, they well, would. Uh, well, no, because they were intended to be video. So yeah. No. I'd like to think that by the 24th century, people will have gotten over vlogging, but probably <laughs> not. So. <laughs> but do they still people put love like the sound click, of their voice. click baity like uh titles and uh and thumbnails of like oh yeah cisco uses his favorite like song lyrics reactions. all the time like this time it was like something from uh my chemical romance it was like i'm not okay i promise or whatever like or it was like some uh some papa roach <laughs> <laughs> hey oh no no, no. it's lincoln park it's uh i try it's like i tried so hard and got so far but in the end it doesn't even matter how i got the um the title is How I How I Got the Cardassians to Join the War. Gone wrong, gone <laughs> sexual. Oh no. Oh no. Where's the sexual one? Uh, it's everything with Garrick in it. Now I'm picturing like, you know Julian would have an Instagram. He'd be like, Hey, hey, kids, what up? Here I am reacting to the latest casualty list. So very sad. A pops little sad emoji just kind of oh, pulses no. for a minute. He was not that sad. He was borderline giddy when it wasn't people he knew. Like, yeah. God he was damn like, it, oh, Julian. Between the two of us, we've we've only one friend of a friend. Well, my goodness, jolly ho, tally ho, cakes and scones. Ooh, mm. I kind of like that. And he frolicked away. I liked I liked the cynicism <laughs> in this episode. Um, oh God. Fucking well, yeah. Because like dark that, that's, hell. You, I mean, it's it's wartime. That that tends to be yeah. what happens. No, you know? you're right. Like, it's totally when everything legit. is bleak, you find some dark humor in it. I also like this season. I'm I'm now seeing where little Liz's crush developed. Like mm. this season's Julian. I'm like this is a, this is a long way from like the peppy little creep of season one. Yeah. Oh true, true. yes, one hundred percent. Okay, so. Cisco well, that's because he's so old now, you know, 34 or something. Oh he's God, he's finally matured. I know. So Cisco's got a YouTube channel. Julian's <laughs> got sna- uh, Insta. Well, who's is, or TikTok or TikTok or yeah. TikTok. O'Brien is somehow still on live journal. I was going to say, yeah, that's perfect. No, he's <laughs> yep. on a dead. He has a dead journal because oh, he no. wanted to be different and it seemed appropriate. <laughs> hey, I just had another thought on this. It was Garrick. Garrick was the gel guy. Mm hmm. I think that could be right, and that the reason he specifically asked for biomimetic gel was just so he could fuck with Julian, because he knew that Cisco <laughs> would have to ask Julian for yes. it, and that it would make Julian really upset. Oh, that's lovely. And I just that love Julian when Julian's would... riled up. It's yeah, his way exactly. of flirting. Like, he's not actually intending to do anything with this. He's just going to flush it down the toilet. But he just wanted to piss off Julian. I like to think he's just going to he's going to leave it on Julian's doorstep, like wrapped up. (laughs) Here you go. I got it back for you, babe. I mean, the thing is, he's not going to use it. Great thing to have. True. You said you could use it as powerful currency. Oh, just just hang on to that for any later negotiations. 
Yeah, it's like, yeah, this could come in useful one day. Was it this kind of stuff that they used when that weird guy made a clone of himself and then killed it in the holodeck? Yikes. Ah, you know, I don't remember. It was sounds actually, like something like that. It does. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you again. I was wondering if this was the same shit that that guy wanted that time who was, like, talking about... What the hell was he doing? Like, he and Wade... Oh, Moon cells were bonding. getting bored. Oh, yeah, bored cells. Yeah, I was guy. wondering if it was that stuff, or is that what he asked for as well? He asked for a lot of stuff. Biomimetic gel might have been part of it. So I'm seeing a mention from TNG in the Memory Alpha episode of Biomimetic Gel of the hmm. Fleming transporting a cargo of biomimetic gel through the Hikaris corridor. I don't remember. Sure. This oh, that corridor space rupture that deformed yeah. the corridor would had to be abandoned. Oh, that awful episode. The speed limit episode, right? Yeah. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah, that Force was of nature. Yeah. Yep, yep, that's the one. That oh, right, sucked. That too well. But yeah, after yeah, that, yeah. then it's Rolaren. Lying to the Maquis about biomimetic gel and preemptive okay. strike. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. Garrick needs it to make a baby. Maybe maybe <laughs> Cardassians like are able to make their own babies. It's like, I mean, okay, it's like Julian, if we both come into this, into this biomimetic gel, then it'll be half of both of us. No, I don't know. Like, just like maybe maybe he needs it to like lay his eggs in or something. I don't know. Like it cool. can be used for genetic and cloning experiments, so. Well, there you go. Who doesn't want, like, about a dozen more Garricks running around? And then they can touch dicks. Explosive clones. Oh, no, I don't know about that. It's also used in dyeing of various fabrics. (laughs) It can be used as a a pigment. So before we move on, we have to bring up the inevitable. It's Uh, a fake. Not just that. Actually, yeah, let's talk about that, because it seems we all had different reactions to that delivery. God, it was awful. It's, it was kind of it was a strange delivery of that line because up to that point the the actor playing Vrenak had a very pompous pompous but like kind of stoic delivery. He's got like a deep like vaguely gravelly voice. Yeah, so like mm. I would expect to be like it's a fake, but no, it's like it's a fake. It was almost like hissy. Yeah. It was like he was it's, very yeah. snake-like or something, and I would expect that shit from, He's like, a, a Cardassian, Cardassian, but not... Yeah, exactly, but not from, like, a Romulan. I don't know. My best guess would be that, like, for that take, maybe the director was like, you know, you're so enraged that it's simmering, and it's just gonna just hiss out at you because, like, you can't even <laughs> shout... Yeah, and so and it's you just like it's like you're some kind of big, angry tea kettle. <laughs> yes. The thing is, it's funny... Because think about it, like, the murder obviously is where you've gone too far. In my mind, and maybe this makes me a bad person, there is absolutely nothing wrong with lying to the Romulans. Oh, rough. Because they trade in lies as much as Cardassians. Like, this, if they had managed to convince them it was real without anyone having to die, this just would have been karma coming home to roost. But no, the taste of their own medicine. But yeah. I mean, then, it, like, that's the thing. Like, in, you know, if it were Picard making the decision, he would, like, the argument would have been not to sink to that level. Like, that that's no, Romulan, I'm... but it's not Starfleet. But, yeah, I feel like Cisco would agree with you at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, there, there is absolutely nothing wrong with lying to a Romulan. Well, let me rephrase I would that. Say a it Romulan government on the official. Romulan. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I would say, because... Lumping all Romulans into the same bucket is yeah, I should specif- at best. I should that's, specify- that's a, that's a, a racist, wharf move. To be honest. I should specify, yes, uh, any sort of Romulan government official 
totally okay. Like, those people's lives are scheming and plotting and lying. They deserve it. A normal Romulan on the street? Probably a perfectly nice guy. Maybe nope, a jerk. Some people are jerks. But yeah, the, 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 the murder for me is what tips it over into, oh, territory. Mm. Having said that, you know, it's like at the end of the day, who do I respect more? The captain who sold his soul to try to save lives or the captain who stood back and said, sorry, Native Americans, I have my orders. Mm. Um, neither. The, the answer the can former. be neither. That's true. That's true. But if Both it's uh, a true, true, true. But gun to my head, if I had to pick one. Cisco. Yeah, I don't know. I the don't whole editing, the Eddington issue makes me like. Well, that's uh, the thing. I, neither the answer can the, be the Eddington. Wow, the Eddington thing seemed more of a like than this does. Like, oh, that's way more of an. Ugh. That's way worse than this. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like after after what we've already seen that he's capable of. This feels like. Eh. And maybe that's just because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm American and I'm jaded and cynical and like I'm used to the government being shady and shifty and shitty, but I'm just kind of like, that doesn't even seem that bad. (laughs) Um, Was Vrenak the only one on the shuttle? Yeah, no, there were innocents no, there. Yeah, I was going to say, his oh, he didn't had like, the innocents. Shit. He had like four, yeah, right? Didn't they say he'd have four guards? Yeah, four two guards. that are going to hang oh, out in front of his yeah. shuttle and two that are going to be in the room with him. And Yeah, so those poor bastards didn't do anything. They didn't even get counted. Oh, that did, yeah. they didn't even make Garrick's list. Well, maybe it was. they're not people. Did the whole sh- no, but did the whole shuttle blow up? Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, maybe. Oh, that's yeah, sad. No, just, I was like, no maybe it just uh, blew up uh, one room of the shuttle. Yeah, no, no. Whole thing's gone. No, okay, well, then this this is more support than for your theory. Would not leave room for error. Garrick wouldn't leave. Room no, for that's error. true. You're right. So basically, this, this definitely does. This is more evidence that, uh, he, or rather, removes my evidence about whether or not his people were real or not. Because if he didn't even think about the four guards plus whomever was flying the damn thing, he definitely didn't think about the former Obsidian Order folk who have died. All right. So I haven't I haven't seen Voyager in a long time, so I can't remember. But as of right now, it's looking like the only moral captains are maybe Janeway, and maybe I'm wrong. Yep. Well, that's and, how you feel about Tuvix. Fuck that guy. And, uh, <laughs> yes, oh, in a couple of years, this is going to be more, fun. There's more, there's more to it than Tuvix. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I, don't know, I don't know. I, I have to reassess when we actually get there. But it seems like maybe Janeway, Saru, maybe, is a moral captain. Mm. Um, I feel like Saru is a pretty good guy. Because I know yeah, but- even Archer pulls some shit that ain't cool. Mm. Riker. Riker is the is the is the moral captain. <laughs> I mean, Sulu. Ooh. Oh, no, yeah, Sulu. wait. Doesn't Sulu, Sulu never do anything wrong? Doesn't did he? Sulu pull some shit in the uh oh, in, no. in six? Wait, does he disobey orders? When you say no, pull this, some shit this being orders mean, is fine. Okay, so we're not talking about like, you know, ordinary stuff like insubordination or anything. No, no, like no. Because no. well, no, 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 then Sara would be in a Moral. He said moral, not moral. Oh yeah. That's kind of never really. Yeah, see, why, 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 why is it we kind of Kirk? Are... He never really does anything terribly bad. I mean, he can, well, yeah, I Kirk, don't know. Kirk's... He cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. Uh... That's ethics. Ethics and morals. I know, are I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't mean it. I just. Caleb, we're I just taking got everything through... you say very seriously. Thank you. I hope you will. I just got through telling Liz that I didn't think that disobeying orders was moral or immoral. So, like, obviously, I don't mean the shit that I said. Kobayashi Maru. I how about, that was like a Japanese name, but I wonder data? if that's... Data has to be moral, right? 
Hmm. Why are we talking about two different things? I'm hearing two different voices talking about two completely different things. Because I wasn't Welcome done yet to with our that. Podcast. With, yeah, that's true. Fine, sorry, Jake. Um, you go ahead. So data. No, well, I mean, I don't know what Jake was saying about the Kobayashi Maru, but I don't. I honestly care more about data in this. In this. What's data? What, I always what? care more about data. But he's a temporary. <laughs> oh, he was. Well, I'm just saying though. Like, was he when he while he was captain? Was he a moral captain? Um, the answer here is tenure, Captain yeah, Spot. <laughs> There we oh, go. I, don't think he I was. was actually trying to remember the dog's name in Enterprise. Oh, Porthos. That's it, Porthos. That's it. What about yeah. Porthos? No, I don't th- think actually the data was, was not a moral captain, given that he put the mission's goals above that of his crew. Who's this? Data. Mm. Mm. Which, you know, was ultimately the right choice, but he, you know, put a lot of people at risk to to make that choice as his so, as his first officer pointed out i don't know if that's enough to be to count as immoral in my book mm. I don't know. well anyway we've gotten slightly off course and it's my fault as always yeah. sorry and uh, I one more it's thing. because of all the magnetic fields yes cool. it is. uh and that's that as as i've been doing the past couple of episodes is finding what the original pitch was oh. and telling you oh. how different it was so in the original pitch, it would have been about Jake doing a journalism, as he is wont to do, and he finds some incriminating info on Shakar that could basically destroy all of Bajor if it got out kind of a thing. And his dad saying, no, Jake, don't let that out. That can't be let out. And they said, eh, we don't know. We don't know if this is all that interesting. Let's make the incriminating info be on his dad. So Jake is trying to interview Garrick, but Garrick, as Garrick is wont to do, is being super sketchy. And Jake is like, man, Garrick's obviously up to something. I should ask my dad. And his dad's like, stop questioning Garrick. This is important. You must not question Garrick anymore. <laughs> we are in some shit. But they, but they <laughs> didn't want to put a conflict between daddy and son because they're so cute together. So yeah, they no, yes. I'm definitely glad because I love them. I don't want anyone to hurt the Cisco's. In the earlier version, the problem is twofold. One, none of us give a fuck about Shakar. No. Mm. And two, they oh, kind God, of already no. did that because remember there's that episode where like basically the reason Beryl didn't become Kai was because he knew a dirty secret about Opaka that he wanted to keep under wraps because if it got out, it would like destroy her legacy. Mm. Remember that? That was yeah, ages yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So like they kind of already did that. True. Uh, I think. With, I think my other two. Pro- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to say with with characters we cared more about. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if they had gone with that pitch, one, I would have, I would have seen a problem with pacing of the story because you would have had to like. Th- Spending all that time on Jake trying to uncover the truth would have left no room for this, for what eventually came out as the main story to, like, there would be no room for it to unfold. Yeah. Um, It would be super abbreviated, and since this is such a, like, a multi-step, you know, like, sneaky, sneaky plot, like, you need that to simmer, um, and you need that to, to unwind, but... Also, I feel like what, like the idea of, of Jake trying to, you know, like do the journalism and uncover the truth. Like, I don't think it, it I don't think it, they would have pulled off getting us to really side with Jake enough when it's Cisco who's, you know, putting like, you know, like putting the putting a. I don't know, like Cisco stakes would have would have probably been more sympathetic in that he's trying to save the galaxy, save the quadrant. 
Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Whereas I don't think it would have worked. Seeing, seeing him doubt himself live <laughs> helps. Yeah. 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 The the log entry is very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then just defiantly deleting it at the end. Yeah. Only shot uh. in two angles. Damn. Mm. Beautiful. Oh, so good. And of course, before we move on, named after a line from Batman. Stop bringing up Batman, son of a I, bitch. I mean, well, at least though, this time it was relevant. Yeah, tell that to the writers. Well, I, don't, which is I don't get it because I don't think I've seen that movie, so. so oh, man, it's the best. The full line is. Do you, you want to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Tell me, tell me, kid. Yeah, did you, you ever, ever dance did you with ever. the devil? And so when I saw it in the Pale Moonlight, I was like, oh, wow, I always thought they wrote that line for Batman, but I guess it's from something. And no, it's from Batman. Yeah, it's they quoted It's a weird Batman. choice. It's like, wow, that's, you have now officially taken a series that normally names stuff after poetry and Shakespeare <laughs> lines and used a line from Batman 89. Yeah. The original I mean, title fair, was- it is very poetic. Sorry, Ames. It's okay. The original title was Patriot. Mm. And stupid. I mean- I could, I could see that as a sarcastic title. It was yeah. also probably more when it was going to be about Jake, mm. question marks. Oh, that makes well, sense. I also feel like that comes too close to, like, actually um, condemning America as being shitty, if you call it Patriot, you know? Like, I, I feel think, like at that yeah. point it becomes a little too, like, on the on nose. The, nose. <laughs> the interesting thing, though, is that it's really hard for us to hear that word and not process it in a 21st century context. Yeah. And this came out in 98, so, like... Pre-9-11, Patriot definitely could have its cynical edge to it, but not in the same way as No, that's as true. It's in really... Yeah, you're right. We you're can't, right. Like, I can't remember how I would have reacted to it as, like, a teenager in the late 90s. It was just mostly a team name to me. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think a Mel Gibson movie? Had but that already come out yet? The I Patriot, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, God. Young, dreamy Heath Ledger. Am I right? Mm. And Jason oh, Isaacs being sassy as fuck. Wait, Jason yeah. Isaacs was in He's the villain. <gasps> He's like yeah. I forgot he was no, the No, we're going to guy. hang him. Oh yeah. my god. No, that's great. Bro, anyway. I need to watch that movie again now. <laughs> yeah, Ten but forward. it's not a great movie. No, it's a terrible movie, and but Mel Jason Gibson. Isaacs. I mean, I know, but I already, I think I own it, so it's oh, like, okay. I'm not giving him anything. I'm pretty that's sure fair. I bought it when I was in whatever school that it came out in. Anyway, go on. Not but related I mean, to this, sorry. The So, like, there was a quote, there's a... It's, there are like a million quotes about this in the Memory Alpha article. I couldn't even get through them all. But like the Andrew Robinson seems to love talking about this episode for, I'm sure, obvious reasons. And oh, yeah. the one that stood out to me is when he talks about, he said, basically, it exposes the American innocence that we want to do these things in the world, but we're not really willing to take the consequences of our actions. And sometimes we have to do very dirty things and we have to hurt people. And we pretend that that doesn't exist, that Americans would never do that. We dealt with issues like that. And I don't think the other shows really went as far as we did. And I think, like, that pr- that's pretty much what, like, that's why I like DS9 the most of the Star Trek series, because I'm mm-hmm. too, I'm too cynical. Like, all the, all the, the super idealized, you know, optimistic future, you know, society at, like, the utopian aspects of Starfleet, I, I can never completely buy into it. Yeah, I, I mean, love what Ira Bear does, because Ira Bear does this a lot. I mentioned this last week as well, and that's that he just loves doing the dark shit. Like, this is a very dark episode. He loves shitting on Gene, which is my favorite thing, <laughs> and being like, you know what? It's not It's not all fucking roses that shoot jizz in your face. It's, right. uh, some roses have fucking thorns, dude. But I think, for me, what, how, how it, how I, uh, reconcile it in my head in terms of it being still good Star Trek is that... 
like Star Trek was founded, you know, with, you know, with, with Gene Roddenberry's vision of this, this utopian future where we move past all of these vices of humanity to come together. And that's great. But I feel like DS9 puts a big question mark on it and really makes, makes them earn it. Like it's still possible. There's still hope, you know, that these utopian ideals can be achieved, but. But what do you have to do to get them sometimes? Yeah. Like someone's, someone's got to take the fall. Someone's- Section 31. <laughs> yeah. It's it's more interesting to see someone struggling to keep their ideals alive when there's actually a struggle. Yeah. Versus like it just you know, easily happening. Just like, no, they would yeah. never bother to do this. Like, like that's not how this, human nature works. Yeah, I actually have to sit here and think about this. Versus like, hello, friendly aliens. I'm a representative of everything perfect. Here's why you're wrong. Yeah. I fucking love this episode. Anyway. I love. Speaking, I also love Garrus' cattiness. I just so everything's good. so yeah. catty. Uh, but speaking of things Ira Bear did, let's talk about his way. Uh, oh, do we have to? <laughs> we'll make it quick. Can we just, as a group, just <sighs> sing "My Way" by Usher? We instead? do not have the rights. <laughs> I've had that song stuck in my head, dude. Boy, since they, this fucking sh- right, they, yeah, me they, too. They spent a lot of money on song rights for this episode, There's clearly. Like, yeah. There's five songs. Wait, yeah, that way my, they could write way less but, episode. But wait, here's my question, though. Do they really, if they did original recordings, the rights probably aren't nearly as bad as if you were actually just taking Frankie's. No, but there's still Frankie's. some yeah. It was still a pain in the ass, I can tell you that. But oh, what I'm are sure. we talking about? Yes, Why are we, what talking, are we talking about, about songs, Chris? Mm. In his way, Julian Bashir has gotten his hands on a terrifyingly complex <sighs> AI. But we're going to ignore that. Instead, the terrifyingly complex AI is going to be like, Hey, Odo, I'm a sort of Frank Sinatra type, and I'm going to teach you confidence. And then things are going to get weird when I'm going to make a hollow Kira. And you got to be like, I can't fuck this. This is creepy. So I'm going to trick you into thinking the real Kira is a hollow Kira. And she knows you are you, and ooh, it's uncomfortable. And then you're going to kiss. That basically sums it up, actually. Yeah, that's about all there was. And then a lot of songs in the so middle. So many songs. Uh, I've got I you under my skin. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Just had to it's get okay. that song in. Did you? No one does. That's the thing. <laughs> I know. I will, it's I, will never, I will almost never say this, but I fucking badly needed a B-plot. Remove <laughs> <laughs> all of the songs. Give me, like, several B-plots. Okay. Whoa, Jake, are you sure that's Ames? Because I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why they needed to be the full song. So much yeah. song, they like did like not. fifteen like, minutes like song. Because you know, there was no plot. Please see also Ames literally begging for yeah. a B plot because there's fucking nothing here except like fucking I don't even know what to call it. Hollow fuck your crush too. Electric Boogaloo. Now it's even worse than Jordy LaForge. Like, yeah, this was a fucking awful, cringy, fucking weird episode. And it's like the music was just trying to like trick us into forgetting how fucking gross it is. I I would get more points if Avery Brooks and Renee had gone full duet in that one scene. (laughs) That was pretty fun. But aside from that, Okay, the one thing I did like, one thing I liked, Renee Bergenois is adorable when pretending to play the piano. Yes, that's and apparently he apparently he does that in real life and it's one of his favorite things. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> See the- So wait, wait, did they take like a talent that he already had, which is faking playing the piano and I guess. work it into an whoa, episode? Whoa. It's called playing air piano. <laughs> and I'm sure there are fucking competitions somewhere for this. Like, you know, if the episode had just been 
Vic teaches Odo self-confidence, and then Odo uses that on his own Hmm. to, like, address Kira. It maybe could have worked, because all the scenes that are just him, like, on the piano being jazz man, you're like, this is kind of fun. Look at Odo loosen up. But then it all goes so wrong. And also, guys, seriously, who the fuck is Felix? Because he should be working at the Daystrom Institute. Felix? Felix is the guy who wrote the program. Oh, yeah. I missed it. I missed well, it. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing somebody walked into a holodeck and says, "Create me a character that can get Odo laid." Yeah, seriously. And that's what the computer came up with. No, because that's my, also how theory. Moriarty was created. And this uh. is basically, this is basically good Moriarty. Yeah. No, someone Except- walked into a holodeck and said, I need a better empath than a Betazoid. And they're like, ah, have we got one that for too. you? They were like, well, that's an incredibly low bar. Could you be more specific? <laughs> like, the like he can just, he can turn himself on and off. He can make phone calls. He's like... He can go to, uh, he can invade other, other people's holodeck yeah. time. <laughs> like, I mean, hey, he, I was just putting on a show next door. Thought I'd pop in. Was he was banging over here. He was contacting Odo in Odo's office, which is yeah. not Quark's. Like, he, he got that Russian accent system. off of Anastasia. Yeah. <laughs> he can wow. pre-program other programs. No, he is, he is straight up the, I wouldn't, okay. Tinfoil hat going yes. on. Yes. Ready. <laughs> Somebody accidentally plugged Moriarty back in <laughs> and and instead and you know he he decided to revamp himself he redesigned his his physical features to resemble a 1960s crooner yeah and this program is just Moriarty but now he's in the matchmaking game instead of the evil plots game uh, yeah, I mean, because he's, he's, like he's doing all the Moriarty shit. Yeah. yeah, that's the interesting part. The interesting part uh, is, it... is a hologram who is self-aware and you can like do shit oh, with yeah. because he like gets it. That's yeah. cool. I said that the very first time. I think it was in the Big Goodbye ages mm. ago when we met those holograms, and Picard was like, "You're all fake," and they're like, "Oh my god." Yeah, it gave one of them a huge existential crisis. Yeah. Mm. This like guy vi- just goes with it, and he's like, yeah, well, I'm fake. It's cool. I'm a program. I want to sing. I have a really nice apartment. I want his apartment. <laughs> Those horrible drapes, I adored them. Of course you did. Um, <laughs> like, oh, everything about that apartment. I loved Including Odo's the tie. Well, especially the floozies. I like that Odo's tie wasn't a traditional bow tie. It was this weird, like... Yeah, I gotta disagree. Triangle I really thing, not I like that. I must have a picture of it. I don't even know um, what it looks like. Yeah, I, I did. Like, not, there's so much that could like have it. been good, but then it gets into like weird, uncomfortable matchmaking, and you're like, no, the Why? whole yeah. thing from start to finish. Like, he's just he's he's a magical Italian pickup artist. Like, that's that's his shtick, and I hate it from start to finish because it's constantly like Bashir, like right off the bat, is just like you know the ensign. What's her name? Ensign Walker. I you know she, she turned me down for dinner three times. First of all, Julian. Stop. Yeah, she's, that, that, that she's told you. She's flat once, out bitch. told you multiple times. But now it's all turned a no into a yes. I'm like, okay, so which man wrote this episode again? God okay. damn right. it, Julian. Like, every, like the, everything is about turning a no into a yes. And it's just the grossest thing. And the fact that Kira is written to just magically suddenly all the previous conflict and doubts and distancing in that tension between them that situation just magically vanishes because someone some magical hollow program asked her out on a date for odo like oh but we think she might still have feelings for shakar shakar's not even here and i still fucking can't stand him 
True. Oh, God. Same. Yeah. Again, none of it, it, none just, of it makes sense. Had it just been Odo learns confidence with Julian's new hollow friend, it could have been great. Mm. But instead, it's ugh. it's Hot. uncomfortable. Well, I wrote, like, this is this is Reg level weird, Jordy yep. level even. Yeah. So uncomfortable and not romantic. I like, even. I, I know we see more Vic in future, and I hope his future God, episodes are it. better. Mm. How many songs? Yeah, no, I've never no, been I, so I actually, I really like so Vic. Upset. Uh, yeah, I don't like Vic like in Vic, this Jake. episode. I like Vic in future episodes. That's what I was, yeah, I was kind of wondering if I maybe, think, like, when he's not, like Liz said, a pickup I mean, artist, he's probably... Yeah, there's a great Nog episode coming up with a lot of Vic that's pretty good. So what do you like about Vic, Jake? I don't know. I just think... His sweet style. I think he gets... Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll say this. I hated Vic the first time around. Mm. And I was like, what is this? We've introduced this character and he kind of becomes a main, not a main character, but a, a recurring character that gets way more screen time than most recurring characters do. Mm. And so it, he really pissed me off initially, <laughs> hmm. but somehow he's grown on me to the point where I'm like, okay, I like Vic. I think it's be really because of the Nog episode. The Nog episode is a great, in my opinion, a great episode. Um, well, Nog is great. We like well, Nog. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, so but I would probably agree with you if only yeah. because I really love Nog. But the short the short of it is, you know, Vic helps Nog out of a jam. And that's kind of Vic's thing, is he helps his friends out of jams. In this case, it was a creepy jam. Yeah. Mm. Um but uh, Uncomfort- but generally, like, I, I don't know. I think violating. I think he's just grown on me. I I think so. Like watching, he's turned this. your no into a yes, Jake. Oh, I guess so. That's a special <laughs> talent. Like I think. Sorry, sorry, Liz. Like watching this, I think I like I think that Vic's actor does a great job. I think yeah. the dialogue comes across as, as a very snappy, charismatic, natural like sort of delivery. I think I think. He like for the, the job he's given, he does what he does well. I just don't want Vic in DS Nine. Yeah, I, this episode is extremely creepy to me, and I hated every moment of it. And it maybe maybe it's like personal experience from too many from from too often of just like turning turning her no to yes, and I'm like, nope, I said no. Which you know, I like, I'm definitely not the only one. But at the same time, I no. Like the the previous watches of DS9 I've done, every time Vic shows up, I'm like, why are you here? Why are we constantly going back to a to a sixties lounge with like you know Tony Bennett, Dean Martin ass motherfucker? Like I, I let's go back to space. I want to go back to Quarks. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. So they're in my big DS9 book. There is a two page spread about Vic for this episode, <laughs> and it's it's all just a long meandering tale from Iris Stephen Bear. That just sounds like Grandpa Simpson going off on a tale. He just tells the tale of how they cast, um, uh, what's his name? Nick Fontaine, I think is his name. James Darren. James Darren, who apparently just kind of is Vic Fontaine. Well, he was, like, in the 50s and 60s, wasn't he an actual, like... He's an actor, crooner, kind of. Never obviously as big as the Rat Pack guy. Yeah, he's a good friend of Frank Sinatra Jr., who I guess Bear originally wanted in this role, but Frank Sinatra Jr. does not want to just play his dad. Shocking. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah. He's like, I want to be an alien. We're like, oh, well, we wanted a crooner. So, um, well, uh, yeah, they should have gotten mm. Phil Hartman. <laughs> but I'm going to read. Was I'm going to read. Still a, alive at this point? Yes. Yeah. I'm oh, going to read okay. a paragraph from this ramble because it's just the weirdest fucking thing. 
from Ira Bear. My friend Fred Rappaport, who wrote two episodes uh, in Deep Space Nine, and I went to Beverly Garland Hotel in the Valley to a memorabilia show. Why? One, because we like to. And two, I always get my cousin his birthday present there. So we're there, and Jimmy Darren is there signing autograph. And Fred says, oh look, Jimmy Darren. And Fred goes over there and does his Fred thing, because Fred knows everything about everyone. So he's talking to Jimmy Darren about his spaghetti sauce. Jimmy Darren once had a spaghetti sauce. And Jimmy looks like he can't believe someone is asking him about spaghetti sauce sauce. This thing goes on. I'll show you this whole you essay. Really, it's amazing. You are not exaggerating. I was waiting for him to say I was wearing an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. That was oh. a Grandpa Simpson story. It's That's very, it's, like, the whole thing is very funny. hyperbole. I thought you were exaggerating for comedic effect, but fucking no. <laughs> Oh, wow. no, I, I might take a picture of this like, and put it on the Facebook. Who are you? <laughs> oh my God, that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it does admittedly, if any character in this goddamn show was going to have a Vic Fontaine program, it would be Julian Bashir. Mm. Okay. Like, because he probably, in one of his James Bond programs, Bond goes to Vegas Mm-hmm. And he's like, wears a nice suit, which he already yeah. does. And he's like, well, this is amazing. I want to program just about this. You know, like yeah. that at least, you know, if anyone else had shown up, you know, it would have been like, I don't know, O'Brien was like, look, <laughs> I got this thing about a tang. And they'd be like, why the fuck? Why? I'm going to go lose the Alamo now. Bye. Oh, God, you fatalistic <laughs> prick. That is, uh, that is a very, you know, he's Irish, of course. Uh, well, I feel like it's more like, He's Miles O'Brien, who dies over and over again. Of course. Like, I don't know if it's... For once, I don't think potatoes have to come into it, is all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I just mean, this sort of, there, there is, I mean, there is a sort of fatalistic aspect, you know, especially because of, like, years, centuries under fucking English oppression and rule and yada yada. There's kind of this is constantly... This, is this fatalism... The uh, reason why, like, sometimes Irish Americans feel the need to be like, you know, the Irish were slaves. No, that's just because they sold themselves out to be considered white. Oh, oh, oh. fair enough. I hate some of my ancestors. It's a good thing. uh, It's a good thing Keiko hasn't been around because if if Keiko and uh, Miles (laughs) were in the holodeck at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Vic would know. Vic would have made made an interesting... Observation about their relationship. Oh, congratulations on your divorce. We're not divorced. Oh, well. <laughs> no, no. All did it take. So, uh, Smiley, uh, you never did try to get your wife and the major there to do the three way, huh? Oh. Uh, Keiko, uh, what are you going to tell him? The kids aren't his. <laughs> what are you going to tell the truth about Worf? <laughs> um, so, did, did, did your reading say at all Ames why they felt they needed to have a 60s crooner character I Bear wanted one that's okay. that's the whole answer okay they meant okay. to introduce him in like season four oh wow. god but, just never got around to it so yeah but they couldn't content. get Frank Sinatra Jr. and then they were going to have him I think we mentioned he was supposed to uh, first appear in a simple investigation but that episode ended up running long so they cut it 
Here, oh, here yeah, was yeah. my literal experience directly after this show. I was like, God damn it, fucking Vic Fontaine. And Chris is like, you're going to see a lot more of Vic Fontaine. And I was like, a lot more of Vic Fontaine? There isn't even a lot more of fucking DS9. How much fucking Vic Fontaine are they going to shove yeah, into the next they, they, like, they 27 episodes? A shocking amount of I Vic Fontaine. I don't want it. It's I don't want it. Do, I do not want you to shove Vic Van Fontaine into me. And that is exactly God, God no. damn it. He's going to turn that no one to a yes. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's very, very sad because oh. Ira Bear fucking loves this episode. Like he, uh. the, the whole, the whole uh, bit of the book that I'm reading is just him being like, it's, it like crushes me that people don't like it because like it's so much work goes into an episode like this. People don't get like how much art is in this episode and like how much we yeah. have to like deal with all the songs and all this shit and we people don't like it and focus why. on the art because we were all too busy cringing the hardest cringe. It would have been easier to fucking see if we could have pried our eyes open and weren't just like, you know, gritting our entire face the whole time. It's hard to notice the fucking art. So what's funny Ugh. is last week with wrongs darker than death and night or whatever the fuck that title mm. was. Yeah. There's a moment where Kira is talking to Odo and he's like, so uh, clearly something is up. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. And I jokingly said to Caitlin time, well, would you like to sing about it? <laughs> and then DS9's first musical episode happens. And now it turns out, oh, wait, no. Next week, though, we get DS9's first musical episode. Did I make the same joke, Jake? I feel like I made a, a singing joke at some point when we were Maybe. doing our watch. May, but remember. yes, that is that is accurate. I also emphatically called the line when Quark and Odo were hanging out together and Quark was trying to give Odo relationship advice, but Odo was having none of it. Mm. And Quark says, you're not the most lovable person in the quadrant. Hell, you're not the most lovable person on the station. And like several lines before, hell, you're not the most lovable person in this, in room. this room. Like, yep, yeah. yep, love I it. Was, I was hoping it would go there and it did. Oh, yeah. good for you, Quark. The best. <sighs> I think the biggest crime of this episode... Well, maybe not the biggest, but one of the crimes of this episode is... Five songs. Well, oh, yeah. Jesus. Uh, I counted them. That it it continues to push the thing which should not be a thing and which doesn't work and will really never work, I don't think, which is Kirodo. They didn't even like it. It's fucking terrible. It's not a good match. Mm. I don't like it. I don't need it. They don't need it. Yeah, Nana they and stop. Renee were not into it. To their, credit, to their credit, though, they do a really good job of acting like they were. Aw. Until, like, until the end, when a uh, when a realistic-looking kiss was made impossible well, that, by the that fact was... that it was just Nerese smashing her face against his, like, <laughs> That's the enormous prosthetics on his face. Oh, what's fabulous is after they did that, that was the first take. They, they kept the first take of the kiss. That's And I don't know if it's because of or just it of, of this or because of something else, but when Odo pulls away... Kira's face is orange because his makeup oh, had rubbed no. off and his mask had split. <laughs> oh, no. Wow, they really went for it, eh? Yeah, the first his, and his makeup was fucking terrible in that episode, too. Aww. Like, he just looked oily. He looked really greasy. He's eaten a lot of fried veal. A lot of, a lot of gabagool. Gabagool. mozzarella. I don't know what gabagool is. Isn't it it's, Capricola? Yeah. I thought it was mortadella. I don't no, know. No, that's mortadella. 
Oh, that's no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Capicola is that's what I said. Gabagool. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. That's like what said. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, they spend a lot of time. Good idea. That's why they say they're, yeah, they're, they're frying <laughs> up the veal and all over their face. Oh, is that what, they went bobbing for gabagool? <laughs> that was their first mistake. Yikes! Where does that word even come from? It's, it's Jersey. <laughs> It's so like a lot of, you know, uh, it, it, it oh God. All right. How to do it quickly. It, it, it dates back to the, <laughs> the big Italian migration and immigration wave into the U.S. at the start of the you know, end of the 19th, start of the 20th century, because a lot of the folks that came over from Italy were Southern Italian and Sicilian. And at that point, like standardized Italian, like as a as a national language was really still fresh. And so it's basically like Sicilian dialect and Southern Southern Italian dialect and dialectic pronunciation and then bastardized, you know, through the generations of just Italian Americans speaking their version of Italian. And so Capicola becomes a gabagool. It just sort of. And my understanding is it was popularized by the Sopranos. Well, yes, that's where I heard it. That's, I've never seen that's, the that's Sopranos, so that's why I'm. I, that's why I have to be like my understanding is I, I have literally never seen an episode of the Sopranos. Oh yeah, like you get the kind of print, like uh, you know I remember going to like you know some hole in the wall Italian place in Jersey and like my you know my boyfriend at the time ordering what would normally be called manicotti. But, you know, oh, no. and he's not he hasn't he hasn't a drop of it. He's got a bunch of other, you know, uh, European ancestry, but not a drop of Italian. But he ordered it as Manigot because oh, that's how we learned it. You know, that's how we hear it. Oh, around, around that's there. interesting. Because that's just how the language just gets abbreviated. Just in if casual I ever talk. Meet, if I ever meet him, I'm going to bring this up to him and make fun of him for it. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Like, no, that, I won't. I promise I won't like, do that's that. Gotta I mean, be he'll very take, you just, you know, brace yourself for, for snappy comebacks. Anyway. No, that's good. Like, that's good. Like, that's got to be like a regional thing, because I've never heard it called Manicot. It's probably like it's it's probably a result of just the Italian-American population in the New York area. Yeah. And a lot of them yeah, moved to Jersey because that's, you know, that's the suburbs you go to when you get out of the city a lot of the time. And I do know that, like, just based on my own family's history, a good amount of the Italians here come more from central and northern Italy. Mm, a lot, uh, proportionally more, yes, but there's yeah. still a huge su- oh, no, 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 su- but, southern uh, Italian others, but, representation here. But yeah, like, our, our sister St. Anthony's Feast is specifically one in northern Italy. Mm, that's fair. So there's there's a... A big northern component, so that may have been played part of, played a part in why the language worked a little differently. It makes sense that and having to like anglicize extra because it was a mostly Irish and English area. That's probably true. Yeah, I guess like my my knowledge of uh, Italian, the Italian uh, immigration in in New England is based in the Merrimack Valley. So like you could definitely have pockets of communities spring up differently. Anyway, yeah. this is a well, we're, this is a huge tangent. <laughs> yes, yes. Speaking of things springing up, so when Odo left the holodeck, <laughs> Lola and Vic plowed, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. maybe even turned the Russian accent back on. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I mean, yes. Oh, why wouldn't you? Does it for him? Well, he's only like that. That was one gag that I was okay. Like that that I appreciated. Yeah, uh, just like took me, yeah, it took me forever to get rid of the Russian accent. Oh yeah, that's a good callback. I like that. I liked that, but I oh god, the whole the, the just the the hollow Kira's. I I don't like that they they eventually made Odo someone who's okay with pulling a Geordie. 
Well, almost, right? Almost. Well, he that's what he thought he was on he, a date yeah. with a hollow. Oh, that's Kira. right. That yeah, was you're his right. Never mind. You're absolutely right. I was you really, have something I was, like a real thing? Yes. Remember, remember applauding at the point where he didn't kiss fake, like, Lola yeah. Cristal, whatever the fuck? Yep. Being like, all right, Odo. And then five minutes later, no. Oh, no, yeah. no. <laughs> because the problem is when he, when he didn't want to kiss her, it, like... Like, we wanted it to be a consent thing. We, we wanted it to be, like, a non-creepy thing. But it was He's because... He's such a good guy. <laughs> but it was because she was a bimbo. That's really what it was. Uh, it's like, nah, she's a bimbo. She's not She's not Kira, who's not like other women. Like, that's what the problem was. So, you know, now it's like, just like the real thing. Okay, that, he'll, he'll take that sex doll, Kira. I guess my thought slash hope was that the, like, the date with Robo Kira was meant to be, like, a... Like a practice run? Something that wasn't going to end in weird, creepy sex. And I, I again, I don't, I'm not saying that makes it, like, significantly better. Mm. But the fact, like, I just hope that Odo wasn't like, well, I'm gonna have this, like, you know, hollow, sweet pocket pussy of, like, my really good friend who, like, I'm never going to actually, like, pursue. I'm just gonna be creepy in here. Like, the different, I, I don't know. I, I really wanted it to not be creepy. <laughs> But it still really, kind of was. <laughs> like, I, I, the, you, the way you fix it is, again, there's never any hollow Kira. It's just Odo trying to learn self-confidence. And I really thought Chekhov's lights were going to come into it. Chekhov's what's? Lights. Because he specifically mentions how he really couldn't see the audience because of the lights. Oh, yeah. Oh, he did mention that, didn't he? And at some point, it's like, oh, man, he's going to be sitting there jazzing out. Oh, and, and she's going to wander there. in and he's not going to see her because of the lights. So see, Chris, she's, you can't see, say check off on a Star Trek podcast. That's yeah. true. Sense. Yeah. Well, it, she did have a Russian accent, so it's, it's doubly confusing. Uh, well, and actually, that's what I thought he was doing when he goes to see Kira initially, because he's like, hey, I need you to come to the club tomorrow night. Yeah. Why, Vic? Well, because Odo's going to be cranking out some tunes on the piano. Like, it's like, to me, that was that was what was going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't. And so I, a lot I more agree organic. because God damn it. Yeah. And she would have seen him being like relaxed for once in his life yeah and then the lights would come down and he'd see her there and at first be like oh fuck but then he'd be like well yeah it's a good kind of tricking him the seal's (laughs) broken she's seen me relax i learned to have fun guy like that's a way better way to do this episode that would have been a lot um, less mushing them together to make them kiss 100 leslie found out that uh ron swanson was secretly a a jazz musician (laughs) excellent you know and he was really embarrassed about it until he until she was like, it's OK. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Everybody loves jazz. I, I have to say, too, like I had seen the scene at the end where he's like, oh, why do you why even go to dinner? I'll just make out with your face. And she's like, yeah, why don't you just do that? I've seen that scene before. I like fucking stumbled upon it once. I don't remember why. You were looking for Odo Kira slash. Yeah, I was. No, I wasn't. That's the thing is I really wasn't even looking for that because I didn't really want to be spoiled on the aspect of like, will they, won't they? Because half the fun of will they, won't they is wondering, will they, won't they? Like that's that's the fun of it. But this was like two seasons ago. I found this. And I was kind of like, oh, well, that's I mean, I uh, I mean, okay, if it had to happen, I guess this is all right. But I didn't know that like this was how it was going to be led up to. So mm. as soon as the episode started, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> she's going to visit Shikar. Oh, no. Is this the episode? Oh, man, because it really ruins it. It's like kind of nice on its own at the end of just two minutes of them being like, you know, why do we just stop fucking around and get down to it? But when it's led up to it with this bullshit, it's like, you know, you've really you've tarnished it for me. It's kind of ruined now. Yeah. 
Like, this I, should have been a victorious episode for me. I've been waiting for this. Oh, and it so was sorry. terrible. That's all right. You didn't do it. I just might like, I mean, we're. It boils down for me. What it, boil, what it boils down to with with the way that they get together in this episode is that it reduces in order to make it happen. It reduces Odo to being a creep and it reduces Kira to like just giving to take, into a man. To, it just strips away any of her, like, any of her, the internal conflict she's been experiencing so far, any of that, like, you know, the main character insight and agency. Like, we, we don't really see, you know, inside her head in this episode as much. She's just the romantic interest. She's reduced to the object of romantic interest. Yeah, there's a line. I think it's in that in that scene building up to the kiss. I think, or it's at some point where she says, well, I better say yes. I'm like, no! no! Oh, no, I think it might be when Vic invaded her, her meditation hologram, hollow suite, oh, which God. I don't even think she used because she hates the holodeck, so whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. then, I better say yes. Because that was... Kira. <sighs> Stop it. Yeah. Yep. Especially just a few episodes after... Uh, What's it? Wrongs darker than death or night. Like I was, I was impressed by that episode. You know, like given the context that it was written and directed by men, and that you know, I was at least like was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of internal conflict. You know, for these women who are in these in this, you know, like just gross ass, uncomfortable situation, um, without it really fetishizing their the role that they're forced into, and then. Then this episode happens, like, nope, we're back to usual shit. <laughs> nope, we're back to that. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to the better Vic episodes, because... I hope I hope they are better. I yeah. hope I'm not just... Like, I feel How like I'm misremembering them. There's at least... Really, I think there's, like, seven. Are there's you really? Are you fucking serious? A Man. quarter of the rest of the fucking episodes of this show... See, there's, are gonna be Vic Fontaine episodes? There's well, two, they're not Vic Fontaine well, episodes. He shows up. He shows up. Listen, yeah. th- that's what I said. There's he kind of, what's funny is, is like he kind of becomes the 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 crew's bartender. Yeah, he's the like guy. Yeah, in the he's, way that Guinan was. Guinan, except but creepy. But exactly. But this is the one show that already had a bartender. Yeah. He just great. wasn't the he wasn't the kind of bartender they needed to be a therapist. And also, hilariously, I was about to ask you who the bartender was. <laughs> what are you talking about, Guinan. bartender? What are you saying, Chris? I guess Sorry. that's the thing, though. Like, Quark is not the bartender you go to with your problems. Quark is the bartender you go to to see if he can smuggle you some shit. <laughs> like, you know what? Like, he, he, is, talk to your he is more Moses lack than Guinan. Mm. Mo would fit in very nicely on Deep Space Nine. You know what I'd like to see in the Star Trek series? And maybe it have I haven't I've I've watched like maybe two episodes of Enterprise and and I and my memory of Voyager is hazy, but it's not Voyager. I would love to see an actual like ship's counselor, an actual therapist who's <laughs> written, but it, but who's written like with consultation. I want them to consult psychologists Ooh. the way that they consult engineers and physicists. Yeah, no, there is no because ship's the, counselor on Enterprise because with Troy, all that shit like they. They didn't consult. They didn't consult shit. Like that was all. That was pop psychology. I saw better shit in Frasier. Yeah. But like you know that. But Guinan, you know, sneaks in as as a as a de facto counselor. You know, in a subtle way that is doing what a counselor should be doing. Oh yeah. So Troy just. I feel like they did more. more, They did more research on on psychology with Guinan than they ever would have with Troy. (laughs) Yes. Well, Guinan was the better. 
psychologist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like the, any, any time more... to research on Vic Fontaine's 1960s language than they've ever done <laughs> oh, God, for yeah. any psychiatrist on the fucking ships. Hey, Caitlin, don't yep. be a square. Hey. Yeah, what were the other ones? Uh, uh, a Herbert. He just, I, I really wanted him to say Herbert. Because he said Harvey been Herbert. or something, didn't yeah, he? He said, yeah, like, don't be Harvey. like a Harvey or some shit. I was like, what is that? O'Brien's response, a square is one side of a cube, was excellent. I yeah. laughed my ass off at that. that. Was I was good. like, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, O'Brien. Thank you, engineer. The funniest thing he's ever said. <laughs> but yeah, no, there, there's, there's at least two that I know off the top of my head. There's the Nog one, and there's another one which I know deals with some... Serious issues, TM, and I forget how well they handle it. But why would anyone want to do drugs? No, not that kind of serious issues, TM. Darn. No. No, Because that's that's the best shit. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, does anyone have anything else? Because we're running a little long uh, and I got to get my onion on. My my, onion on? My style is of the time. My what? random yeah. note in my that, well, another random note that's sticking out in my notes is uh, when Odo is like French is the language of love. <laughs> I just my 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 brain immediately was like les poissons les poissons. <laughs> yes, because Rene Aubergenois was the same yes. goddamn voice. Lovely, that's true. Yeah, that, that man had range. Funny. I love him. Uh, God damn it! I wish he was still alive. Mm. That's a much better note to go out on. We I, love will, you, uh, I will attempt Wah. to find, speaking of singing Odo, I will attempt to find, if it's on YouTube, a clip from the ultimately deeply mediocre Where the Buffalo Roam, which was the original Hunter Thompson movie with Bill Murray, and a youngish Renee playing a reporter that he gets very high, who then sings, I think, Getting By With a Little Help of My with my friends Aww. or Lucy in the sky with diamonds, very off key. It's quite amusing. Yay. Well, something to look forward to. Speaking of things to look forward to next week. Hey, we are going to talk about two more episodes of deep space nine. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, that's right. Where's, where's DJ, DJ, wow. Where's DJ Jazzy James with his early uh, morning show when we need J- him? Jimmy Jams. Whatever. Jimmy, Jimmy Jams. Jams. Listen. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, uh, yeah, next week, two more episodes, The Reckoning and Valiant. And we're getting close as fuck to the end of season six, which it just makes me really sad because, well, some shit's going to go down eventually and that's going to be a bummer. But then this is going to be over and we're going to have to watch like 10 seasons of really shitty Star Trek. So there's some good uh, stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So you all keep saying. It will take a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I think is funny is like, Chris, I feel like, Chris, you've said this a couple times, like, well, you know, the first season's a little rough. And I'm like, what the fuck else is new? We're watching Star Trek. (laughs) I think the least rough first season actually was Deep Space Nine when you consider. Mm, I don't know. I'd say TOS. TOS. Yeah. TOS was all rough, though. (laughs) That was that was part of uh, that was part of the charm of TOS. (laughs) <laughs> was the roughness like hey we're doing this for the first time ever anyway next week the reckoning valiant if you haven't had enough and i'm sure you haven't uh you can totally do some things before then you can subscribe to make sure you never miss another episode of a star to steer her by or you could watch the 216 episodes that came before this one maybe like start at about i don't know 
episode 50 or so. I feel like we started to like hit a stride at some point. I feel like it took us a while to get there. No, no, Stopped we hit- shifting around so much in front of the microphone. Oh no, that's we- still happening. It's the it's more the <laughs> we hit our stride with the pizza rant. That was where <laughs> everything was fell that? into place. That's like episode six or seven. Okay, so start around six or seven. That's fine. It is skip not the first, six or seven. Skip episode one because episode one was a do-over of an episode. So just fucking skip it. I'm sure it was rough. Man, anyway, you're really point, selling this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. If they listen, listen. If they Our listen first this season long, is uh, they already know how to find all. Look, this even Mabim Bam didn't start off M-b-bim? on all gears. So What's I mean, what are you my brother, about? my brother, and me. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is that? I'm like so old, is. I have no what clue. Anyway, no, speaking I, just, of, I just speak speaking Chris sometimes. Of, speaking of old, uh, if you're still on Facebook, you can find us there by searching for A Star to Steer By. You can also find us on... Wow, I skipped ahead of all of the places you can find podcasts. Wow. Where can SoundCloud, I find this podcast? SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook by searching A Star to Steer By. You can find us on Facebook and Tumblr. We are at SSHB Podcast. Or you can visit www.sshbpodcast.com. That's our website. There's a bunch of good shit there. Yeah, there's a bunch of good shit there. Uh, next week, already talked about that. I have been Caitlin. Aha. Aha. I, I, I be Jake. This has been Chris. Woo! This has been Ames. And this has been oh. Liz. Ooh, thanks, guys. Always and, good to have Liz. And Liz. And Liz. And Liz. <laughs> and Liz. That's my line. <laughs> I know. But wait, 98, rule of acquisition number 98, every man has his price. Kapla. Kapla, indeed. Oh, wait. <laughs>